Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Silicon Valley in California has long been known as the hotspot for the world's major tech companies. Now, of course, many of these companies are dispersing across the United States, including here in Utah, where we have our own Silicon Slopes. Of course, we had the big Silicon Slopes Summit, uh, where we broadcast from just last week. The interesting thing to me to look at is what's really driving that exodus out of California? Could it actually be a good thing for the American economy, for innovation, and even for national security? Really pleased to have joining us on the program today, Alexandra Seymour, Associate Fellow for the Technology and National Security Program at the Center for a New American Security. And uh, Alexandra, you had a great piece in The Hill uh, talking about this shift away from just Silicon Valley to kind of this dispersal across the country. Uh, What is it that you're seeing and why is that a good thing? Well, first, thank you so much for having me, Boyd. It is really a pleasure to join you, um, and thank you for reading my piece and for highlighting it on your show. Um, So this is something that we have been noticing over time that has certainly been accelerated by the pandemic and just the rise of remote work, Um, but really just for a little bit of context, and we open up the piece this way, too. So World War II is really what uh, saw the birth of Silicon Silicon Valley, where um, in the prior, uh, beforehand, we had the Pentagon that was thriving a lot of research and development efforts, and they turned to research institutions like Stanford to start uh, tapping talent there and to start driving innovation. Um, so over time, we started to see lots of companies flock over there, and it really became known as an innovation hub for the rest of the world, uh, somewhere where uh, semiconductors, which has been in the news a lot recently, um, were invented there, too. But now what we're seeing is that... Um, even though we've had this consolidation over time, we're seeing a couple different factors that are driving companies uh, and people to move out of Silicon Valley. A lot has to do with high cost of living, quality of life. Um, and I think that it really has been caused by uh, a reflection uh, from people to throughout the pandemic and recognizing that they can hold a lot of these positions uh, while working from home or finding these other tech hubs emerging. Um, So I I think that that's something that we're going to continue to see, especially with um, the Chips and Science Act, which passed uh, a couple months ago by Congress, which is funding um, among the the big semiconductor subsidy, which has been talked about a lot. It also uh, has authorized regional technology hubs and a lot of money for research and development as well. So once we see those appropriations, if that passes, Um, we're going to start seeing a lot more local efforts as well. And so that's going to be increasing attention from policymakers uh, as well as from people who are shifting into these positions. Yeah, I think think all of those are are such crucial drivers there in terms of where we've been and and where we're going next. And uh, obviously just the Mm -hmm. the cost of living there, doing business there uh, has been one driver. The pandemic, of course, changed the dynamic in terms of what can be done remote. Uh, One of the things I loved about your piece is that you also dug into uh, why this could be a good thing, that this is not something we should all be Mm -hmm. wringing our hands about. And so let's let's talk about those. Yeah. So we lay out a couple different reasons. So that was kind of more the, you know, why is this happening now? Um, But I think there are a couple key reasons why this is good. Number one, um, there's especially sitting in Washington, D.C., we often hear that there's um, this gap between policymakers and technologists that's existed where you've had both on opposite coasts. So I think um, 
just seeing the, the flow out of Silicon Valley is going to bridge that divide that we have historically seen. Uh, we're going to see a lot more people with skin in the game, both Americans who are filling these positions throughout the country, as well as policymakers, where now these Americans or these companies are working within their districts as well. Um, so they're going to be paying attention, coupled with uh, some of the more like national security and economic security implications as well uh, with the U.S.-China uh, strategic competition driving a lot of our efforts to invest in innovation. Um, another reason that this is a good thing um, is that this really is making opportunities accessible to more people. Um, in the past, where we had Silicon Valley or maybe a couple other small hubs throughout the country, um, that it really led to this type of consolidated thinking um, where you had to up and move to, to live in these certain locations and accept that, that lifestyle. Some people, that's just not possible. Um, and some people might not know about these opportunities or be able to up and move or not want that lifestyle. Um, so I think in seeing this, we're really entrenching innovation capacity and making more opportunities accessible to people throughout the country, which means that we're going to be able to pull in a lot more people who historically were not part of the workforce um, that are really going to fill the critical gaps in technology talent that we've seen. Uh, um, so I think overall, there's that, and it just ensures our competitiveness in the long run. Yeah, I think that's so important. And one other thing you pointed out in your piece that I, I loved, it's really got me thinking, is just kind of the groupthink component of it. if you've got everybody in one <laughs> place, uh, it tends to dig in. You also mentioned, uh, as it relates to defense in particular, uh, that when mm -hmm. you disperse it, uh, rather than just consolidate through acquisitions and mergers, uh, that you really do mm -hmm. get a, a better dynamic in terms of innovation and opportunity. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So another bit of history with the Defense Department, too. Over the past couple of decades, there's been a big push between to mergers and acquisitions, and so focusing on those big companies. Um, now what we've seen is that there's been a lot more of a push for smaller companies and, and working uh, to try and accelerate um, our ability to acquire these more novel technologies. So I think by, by entrenching that innovation capacity, you open up uh, more companies to be able to get involved uh, within the, the industrial base, which both enhances our resilience and it enhances competitiveness, too. So we're really being able to uh, tap into some of the best ideas and get those technologies. Yeah, I love that. That competitiveness is has uh, got to be a, a big part of that innovation and keeping that uh, sharp and, and moving forward. Is there anything else, uh, Alexander, that you're looking at in terms of any policy shifts uh, that might further mm -hmm. spur that innovation down the road? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing for us to watch right now is, as I mentioned, with the Chips and Science Act, because the, the regional technology hubs have not been uh, appropriated yet, I think that's something in looking at the implementation and the communities that grow, uh, the, eco the smaller, more local ecosystems that arise because of that. Um, and then I also think that there really has been a push uh, recognizing the, the critical gaps in technology talent that, that we see and trying to figure out the best ways that we can build up the pipeline. So expect to see resourcing towards that uh, and making sure that we're able to pull more people into our workforce. Oh, fantastic. Alexandra Seymour is the Associate Fellow for the Technology and National Security Program at the Center for a New American Security. And Alexandra, great piece in the Hill and uh, great insight there. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much again, Boyd. Really appreciate it. All right. Again, that's Alexandra Seymour. And uh, again, uh, such important work and to be thinking through 
and, and I love this fact that we got beyond just kind of the, the basics of, okay, here we've got this location, Silicon Valley, uh, and what happens when we just keep it all in one space? You know, you disperse that across the country, and we can do that now. We know we can do it really effectively. We've proven that during the course of the pandemic. And so it brings in new ideas, fresh thinking. It makes a difference in communities. Uh, it, I love the the fact that we're breaking up this, you know, two coasts of you have the policymakers in D.C. and you had the technology folks out uh, on the West Coast. Uh, and it's part of how we actually make that into the, the real world. And I think that's an important thing. It's why I don't think we need all of our agencies uh, stuck in Washington, D.C. Let's disperse them across the country where it makes sense. And so that those people working on policy actually have skin in the game, actually have experience in the communities where they're living and working rather than just in the bubble inside of Washington, D.C. So big thanks again to Alexander Seymour. Uh, great insight there. All right, we'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. When we come back, have you found it's really expensive to get child care in Utah? Coming up next, we'll be joined by our former producer, Kelly Pierce. Great piece in reason to discuss why Utah's zoning laws are part of the problem. Stick around.